0: Welcome back to another episode of Over the Glass. I am your host, Jay.
1: I am Nessa. Today we are uh, joined by Andrew Willis. Andrew, would you like to introduce yourself? How do yeah. you identify how you got into hockey?
2: Um, my name's Andrew. I am a pronouncer he, him. Um, been a hockey fan forever, it feels like. Um, diehard Canucks fan. Right now I'm the... Uh, Local beat reporter for the Jacksonville Iceman of the ECHL, so I cover the Iceman of uh, up for inside the rink, um, and yeah, I kind of just stumbled into hockey when I was like eight or nine years old. Um, my cousin wasn't a big sports guy, but he played video games all the time, and somebody had given him like NHL, I think it was like NHL 04 or something on the N64, NHL 01, whatever those earlier games were, and I kind of just picked up the game through video games, but ended up falling, you know, falling in love with the sport entirely. So. I didn't know too much about hockey. I'm from Florida. And I didn't know too much about Canada either. So I chose the Canucks because I liked, I thought the orca and the colors were cool, uh, but I don't believe in bandwagon jumping. So I've been in it for the long, haul.
0: <laughs> it's funny you bring up video games. Cause I remember I was playing, I think it was the super NES version of the NHL. I'm originally from New York. And so this was around the time when I made my first trip back my cousins there for some reason they were given the nhl game on on nintendo and so i would play with my cousins but we didn't really play the game we just we just uh had our players skating around the ice trying to like beat up people or like hit them or anything i don't think you could actually do it in the game but i just thought it would be like who cares about this game let's just like Let's just like crash into people.
2: I'm pretty sure it was NHL hits like 01, like the classic, like you know, OG NHL, something, like, something that. like that. Yeah, and I discovered you could turn off like all the penalties and like turn the checking mechanisms up. And so I, at one point in time, I just told my dad, I was like coming here to watch me like play these play this hockey game. And he's like, All you're doing is leveling people. I was like, Yeah, but I'm scoring. You know? I'm like, I'm winning. <laughs> but I would just lay these guys out all, all over the ice. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I have no idea. We, I, my memory is just, he was playing this game and I was like, what if we just don't play the game? What if we just run into people? And he's like, that sounds cool. Let's do that.
2: So <laughs> my fondness of the hip check came from, um, NHL hits and no penalties, you know, turning the, turning the options off.
0: <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about your love for the Canucks. Cause you said you're originally from Florida. So were you in an area? where you would have potentially stumbled onto being a Bolts fan or being a Panthers fan?
2: Yeah, probably so. And to be honest, I mean, I was like, for my first introduction to the country of Canada was like a book report I decided to do when I was seven. And so from there was like a slippery slope, you know, I was like, okay, they got they got all kinds of cool stuff. Hockey, you know, they have ice, we don't have that in Florida. Uh, <laughs> um, but once I finally like discovered the game, uh, by Learning from the mechanics and the rules, like for me, a lot of life is like I I can have the what, but I need to know the why behind it, especially in sports. So learning the mechanics of um, like the flow of the game and how plays could be ran really came from playing on the Nintendo 64. And at the time, the team that just happened to be the one that I was best playing with was the Canucks. And I originally chose them because they had, it was the West Coast, uh, the West Coast Express era. Back in the day, so they had the gradient jerseys that were like the maroon into the navy. And I just, everybody, you get ask fans everywhere, and they're like, that's the most awful jersey. But to me, that is like the holy grail. I have a I have a gradient Todd Bertuzzi in my closet. It's amazing. It sits right next to the reverse retro, <laughs> it's better than one that they brought back with the gradient. Um, so I didn't really know anything about the sport. It was just like the colors and the team was good on the game. And so after I had kind of gotten used to, you know, a feel of the sport of hockey through the game, I was like, well, this team is, you know, I've won a Stanley Cup with this team already, like, even if it hasn't really happened. So I was like, all right, that's, don't. You know, my family is a, a big, big sports family, big football, like diehard football family. Um, and even in bad seasons, it was a cardinal sin to bandwagon jump in my family. So once I chose the Canucks, I was like, for better or for worse, run it for the long haul. So... <laughs> and it's, uh, So it's far, been... it's been for worse. <laughs> a lot, yeah. <laughs> it's been a little bit of a struggle, you know, <laughs> just a little bit. But uh, crying myself to sleep is, is a very, very normal thing during hockey season for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm more shocked when they don't break my heart, which is always a pleasant surprise.
0: <laughs> what are your feelings towards the Bruins? Because one of my memories of the Canucks is when you guys made it to the Cup and I think you guys lost. Not to bring back horrible memories but um, Cheers, he, he's 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 bracing for impact wasn't it game seven that uh the canucks lost at home and i just remember the classic image of somebody in downtown like things are like burning fine and they're just like screaming
2: yeah yeah it's it's so funny because um i recently i i always joke i don't mess with like new England sports teams like i just don't especially after 2011 that to me is like people are like oh yeah the, the Bruins won the cup in twenty eleven I'm like twenty eleven didn't happen that's a fake year that's fake news it's not real you know that was a fever dream everybody in the NHL just like thought up two thousand eleven um, I the I, it's it is it's triggering <laughs> it's, it's, it's um, my my thoughts of the Bruins are uh, I did a, I, I wrote a story on a New England sports team and um, I, I called it my disaster piece. Because it went completely sideways, and I was like, okay, I think I'm afforded one disaster piece a year. But when I looked on, at first I thought the team was in Maine, so I was like, Maine's not Massachusetts. And then somebody, uh, me, in the process of researching this article, found out that Worcester is in Massachusetts. And so when the article went sideways, I was like, that was, that's why I don't mess with New England sports teams. Ever since 2011, things just haven't been the same. <laughs> it's bad juju. <laughs>
1: um, I kind of wanted to ask you your thoughts on, uh, you know, the Canucks just named Quinn Hughes as captain. And I kind of just wanted to know what you thought about that.
2: To be honest, I think it's one of the funniest things in the world. Because (laughs) I kind of like, I kind of joked last year. I was like, well, what if Quinn wears the C? And my friend was like, that would be wild. Can you imagine? And so the fact that it's been um, manifested, (laughs) that Quinn is the captain is pretty, I think it's funny, but... Uh, he's a highly, I mean, he's a great player, highly skilled, you know, his, uh, his hockey IQ is amazing. And, um, personally, like one of the things I thought was, interesting, the captaincy talk started. It almost seemed like he really did kind of, you know, you see, you hear it all the time, but turn the page where I think even as somebody just watching the game, you could see, um, him being, you know, stepping up into the, that leadership role a little bit more, being a little bit more vocal, directing traffic on the ice. Um, there were a couple times where he was caught on the hot mic, like really, like barking out orders, and I was like, "Yo, look at Quinn! Like he's really growing into it." So um, I think it's great, you know. I think it, it, for a highly skilled young player like Quinn to be the, the next leader, um, I think after the last few seasons, I think this is a really welcome like change of pace for the Oilers. So um, I'm excited, and I think Quinn's gonna. I think he's gonna step up into the role and grow into it. Uh, I think even more so than we all may expect at the time.
1: Yeah, I, uh, we were joking around about it on our little Discord group because he's so memeable, and people yes. literally <laughs> use his reactions as memes. <laughs>
2: one of my quotes uh one of the tweets that i had that's like when he was quote and i had it pinned to my like my profile for the longest time because i like highly related to it but it was he was like saying like i'm just one of these guys that doesn't really know what's going on and i'm like me yeah <laughs> highly highly I, uh, relatable there quinn
0: <laughs> the canucks recently had some something with the with the local fire department and th- i like i don't follow the canucks that closely but given all of the retweets with memes and just like photos that i've seen of him i was like wow he's smiling and he's having a good time like maybe his destiny was actually to be part of like to be a firefighter because he just looks thrilled to be there
2: he really does and they did like that like the clip where he's sitting down in the uh the fire department he was talking about how his grandpa still tells him like it's not too late to take the fire test so seeing him in like all of the turnout gear and stuff i'm like man you know if listen if this all goes south for quinn he's already got a home at the fire department he's already one of those guys <laughs> he looked he looked like he fit in perfectly fine especially once he put on right. the uh colonna fire department like t-shirt and backwards hat and everything i was like he's he is basically one of them now you know he is captain <laughs> firefighter quinn <twin.
1: laughs> his new nickname
2: he's, putting fire putting fires out on and off the ice you know what a guy great what a guy. <laughs> what a dude. I
1: just wanted to point out that I like your flag. I have one, but San Jose. And yeah. quick, story, quick story time. So my girlfriend and I decided to go to playoffs, Game 7, Round 1, 2019, Sharks against Vegas. We're standing by the glass for warm-ups. We hold up the flag, and the equipment manager "Like that flag, and he hands yeah. us a warm-up puck. So we have nice. a memorabilia from that game. So good, dude. That's
2: awesome. I I wanted one of these for so long, and then like bring hockey back. Like had, had them discontinued for a little bit, and during mm-hmm. the middle of the pandemic, they I you know re like reprinted them. So I was one of those times. Where I was like, okay, if, if I'm gonna blow twenty dollars, it's gonna be on one of those flags I've been wanting for like four seasons now. So yeah. it's uh it's the first thing. Anytime I move, it's the first thing that goes on the wall. Yeah, I, I, nice. the, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> Everywhere. The Nothing the- else
0: is set up. Just the flag. You're like, We're home.
2: <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's like Dr. Pepper goes in the fridge and the Canucks flag goes on the wall. And that's, that's how it's, it's so when home.
0: I, when I first moved into my apartment, um, I thought, oh, I need to get a doormat. Cause you know, just one of those things that you apparently do when you're an adult. You you start thinking about those types of things. And I really thought hard about getting a hockey related one. I just could not find one that I wanted, but I met it halfway and I got a, it's not a shark, it's a whale. And I forgot what it says, but it it's some kind of pun related to using whale in the sentence. And I was like, good enough. It's, it's hockey-ish. It's cute. We'll go with right. that.
2: It's, it's like, if, you, if you're if you aware, you get the you get the relation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have, as a matter of fact, okay, so, uh, show and tell, I suppose. I have this, like, stuffed shark. Here. Nice! Um, and I got it. <laughs> it's just a random stuffed shark I own, but I got it from the aquarium when I was at the Mall of America in Minnesota, um, and I named it Jose, and nobody can understand why I named the shark Jose, and I'm like, because because hockey that's why he's you know it's not a san jose <laughs> shark he's jose the shark like come on guys so that's my my show and tell. i love that, <laughs> Nobody thank, gets you. that good. Yeah. thank you thank <laughs> you it's like you guys look. if it. i
0: could turn my camera on, my whole sofa over there is just all sharks <laughs> just
2: like, yeah. there's yeah. a the whole bunch punch. of
0: shark plushies on the sofa <laughs> that's their that's their sofa no one else actually sits there
2: i went to the mall of america we went i uh, went for a 21 pilots concert a few years back and so Ooh, i went nice. to the mall of america that day and it's like i wanted to see the aquarium but i didn't want to get it i could find a t-shirt i like so i was like i'll just get this stuff shark and my cousin was with me and she's like "Where are you gonna name it and i was like yeah he's jose nobody <laughs> understood i was like it's really it's like a stroke of genius nobody appreciates it
1: it's okay appreciate it lots
2: thank you thank you i do what i can i have i have a ton of uh actually a couple years back for my birthday my mom got me a um like a custom build affair but it's got like green and blue like diamonds and stuff on it and she's got it decked out in canuck stuff so i've got it like in a display case nice quinn hughes rookie cards over there it's a really cool um centerpiece for my hockey collection his name is brock nice
0: Maybe you'll have to do a little show and tell after a recording. I want to see all this stuff.
2: For sure. I have some good stuff. I I I, um I came across like a Pavel Bure action figure like from nineteen ninety four, the original still in the like package. Nobody in Jacksonville, Florida knows what a nineteen ninety four Vancouver Canuck is. So I got an eight (laughs) dollar action figure. For me it's like the lottery for everybody down here. They're just like cool. Yeah, that's hockey. <laughs> yeah,
1: if you go to Vancouver and try to resell it.
2: Oh yeah, I I posted on Twitter and I had so many like congratulations and I was like, thank you, kind strangers, two thousand miles away. that get it, <laughs> down here I'm alone.
1: I have a a whole shelf up here with a bunch of sharks baubles. I can show you after too.
2: <laughs> oh nice. I got uh for. Like my birthday like during the middle of the pandemic one of my friends had actually scored a, one of the elias Petterson pops from rogers arena so that one actually might be like besides i have a gritty pop too which in my office you at work have. for the longest time it was the one funko pop i just kept on my desk <laughs> it was gritty <laughs> but those just with a smile on face <laughs> who doesn't love gritty like <laughs> I
0: mean, gritty's gritty's the queer
2: icon we deserve he is a modern day, he is the, ma- the mascot Madonna, dare I say. <laughs> I kind of love that. See, a trailblazer unto his own. You know, he's like if somebody, uh, I don't know, let a gremlin drink too much Kool-Aid at once.
0: Like I follow nothing related to the Flyers except I, I love gritty. Except
2: gritty, yeah. Or occasionally I'll check in and see what Torts is up to, like Torts' is shenanigans in Philly, What's he got going on.
1: Greedy's so cool. He had a um, a cameo in. Have you have you watched Abbott Elementary?
2: No. The show. I need to. Though. Oh, it's Everybody such a good show.
1: Great. It's so good. But they all <laughs> they all got excited. They're like
2: Greedy's coming, and they make such a big deal. He's great. That was the great thing about like my pop, my Funko Pop on my desk, like nobody, I was the biggest hockey fan, like, you know, out of like my management team and my staff. And so people would come in, they didn't know anything about hockey, but they knew Gritty. And they'd be like, I love that thing. And I'm like, yeah, he's fantastic. How do you not? That thing? <laughs> the thing.
1: <laughs> okay, so um, we wanted to ask you about your experience. Um, you know, you, you write for Hockey of Tomorrow. Uh, if you could kind of just talk to us about your experience as a, a trans writer
2: yeah um, so it's um, you know I I don't really even know how to uh, to lead into this properly because it's such a weighted thing it's a and to be honest I guess I haven't really considered I haven't so much as thought about being a guy as I have in the last six seven months now you know before i, I started writing with hockey of tomorrow or hockey tomorrow in july i started writing with inside the rink um late february early march and i've always i've always lived life as a I, I love sports you know i play soccer i um i skateboard i'm into a little bit of everything i always have been um and i've always been a, a dude that likes sports so when i started writing for inside the rink you know that's just kind of That's just the frame of mind I've always been in. Um, But with the recent legislature, you know, challenges and bans and laws and uh, rhetoric, um, it's made me hyper aware of being trans in athletic spaces and sports spaces. Um, Especially in the last couple months, um, as, you know, things get injuncted and Restrained in the courts or battled, or you know, recently um, the Alabama uh, Court of Appeals, you know, said that like trans people that make up like the fabric of the constitutional fabric of the history or some, you know, load of whatever. Um, it personally, on a, on a personal space, I'll say that um, I haven't, in as much experience, so much to hate directly at me. Which is nice because, uh, to be honest, it's one of those things I fear every day. Is I'm gonna write an article and somebody's gonna disagree with it, and it's gonna be loaded with like slurs and low blows, you know? Um, because as far as I'm concerned, like, yeah, I might be a trans guy, but at the end of the day, like, I'm just a dude that likes sports, right? And one of the things that I was really conflicted with in March, April, March, um, when all of the bills, especially the stuff here in Florida, started was it's probably safer for me to not be trans especially as a public figure and being so i just started medically transitioning i'm 30 i just started medically transitioning in november of last year like i still went through because the pandemic happened i still went through four years of like social transition before ever getting on my you know starting medical. so a lot of the arguments I hear anyway being directed at, especially like trans care, care for youth, um, is just wild to me. Because I think if I would have had those things available to me at 17 when I first came out, um, the last 12 years of that in between space would have been dramatically different in my personal growth and my personal development. You know, I think it would be like I would be fighting, I think, this battle that's currently happening, maybe from a healthier perspective, because I wouldn't necessarily be transitioning it, the bulk of transitioning in the middle of where they're making it almost impossible for us to do it You know, um, so when all of the stuff in Florida started happening I was like maybe it's safer for me to not be so visibly trans but all of the debates and everything started around keeping trans kids out of sports and so I felt I really reflected on it because to be quite honest, I'm still terrified. There's, uh, you know, I, I work, I, I cover the Iceman. I'm there every home game. But in the event that, say, um, my hockey nachos go south and my gut doesn't agree, using the bathroom can land me in jail if I use the bathroom in that arena. So there is this, like, you know, I had to sit down and really be introspective and meditate and be reflective upon it because it was like do i hide this one aspect which i feel like is a very to me it's a very mundane aspect like when somebody else shows up do you make their gender the entire topic of like their identity and who they are you know okay i'm trans so what like i can write and I can skateboard and I can embarrass myself very, very proficiently. There's much more interesting things about me than being trans. Um but I had to make that decision. Like did I want to hide that one but to me feels very minute part of my personality, or did I want to lean into that and say, hey, like I'm not I'm not backing down from the fight. Like I understand that this is going to be a battle. And there are kids that aren't able to transition for whatever reason, you know, family. There's adults that are in that same sort of position, too, whether it's, you know, they can't afford it or they're not there yet. They don't have the resources. Um, and there's kids and there's adult trans people out there that love sports and think that they should be in sports spaces. Um, and I agree. You know, uh, uh, that was the thing behind my Hockey is for Everyone article I recently wrote was, you know, hockey is for everyone. At the end of the day, it's a sport. Everybody can everybody's competitive. Everybody's got a competitive bone in their body. You know, even if they tell you otherwise, there's always that little bit of compete there. Sports are a human you know, sports are human and trans people are human. And um, yeah, I, a little bit of like a defiant sort of decision to like, to be honest, maybe throw both middle fingers up at my my governor and be like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm occupying the spaces I believe I should occupy. And sports has always been one of them. It's never going to not be one of them. I love sport. I've loved them since I was a child. Hasn't changed. Been heartbroken a few times. Been real upset a few times. But it's never driven me away from, from competition in sports. And so, um, yeah, you know, I, I've been fortunate not to, not to experience any personal blowback as being a trans writer um, as far as my identity goes. To say I don't experience what feels like a little bit of... Uh, preference to be maybe tucked away is another thing. Um, but I feel like I have adequate support at least on a, on a professional basis and, and the team, the Icemen do a great job with um, being very diverse as far as you know, being out with the community and welcoming different groups and different people um, because Jacksonville is a very diverse city and um, we have a very eclectic melting pot mix of cultures here in the city. so. The Icemen do a great job of, of trying to keep hockey uh, accessible to everybody here as well, which is nice to sort of have that that personal uh, mindset be in line with, like, the team, too, which is a lot of the reason why I like the Canucks. Uh, you know, it, it, is, it is what it is, I, I guess, is kind of my mindset around it. Like, uh, I can't stop being trans, and uh, I'm not going to stop loving sports and being in sports areas. So, um, yeah, I, I have a I have a sticky note stays on my desk and um, in all caps underlined it says existence is resistance and that's just kind of my mindset right now and you know um, we can't let the bad guys win and they don't they don't we don't deserve to be bullied out of spaces where we belong so uh, it could be it could be ultimately something that may hinder professional progress because of people's own you know biases and, and objectives or opinions or whatever but uh i'm also a firm believer that like the right people will find you and that you will find the right people so um it is what it is you know i'm not going to stop trans i'm not going to stop loving sports so just, you know i'm here Here, not going to work <laughs>
0: Um, I, I guess I want to start out by saying thank you for sharing your story. And I also admire your perseverance and your strength um, being out in Florida as all this stuff is happening. Um, as somebody who can kind of relate to a lot of what you said, especially with right now with like trans youth and how they're being um, targeted I mean, the, the whole trans community in general is, is being targeted, but like specifically they're using trans youth as a way to kind of like push this narrative forward because they're like, oh, we need to protect the the children and blah, 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 and all this stuff like that. Like, Had I had resources, even just the, the social acceptance of it when I was growing up and, and going through you know, my journey as an adolescent, like, that would have probably lessened the amount of years that I had to unlearn what I was being taught to, like, really find myself later in life and just to see, like, the, you know, the the young generation these days, they're learning about, I feel like they're learning about themselves sooner. Yeah and the fact that they are aware of this and this stuff is actively happening like it frustrates me even more that they have to um endure this but i have to be hopeful that maybe in in some way it's a good thing that this is being talked about um I will also say that like everything that's happening out in Florida is like one of the main reasons why I still have not gone out there to hang out with some of my friends that that live out there and I haven't seen them in a long time. Like I've had a conversation with them where I'm just like, I am legit concerned for my safety to go and even just spend a weekend with you guys. Like, because like you said, like you can't, stop being who you are. And I've spent majority of my time living in very progressive parts of this country. And it wasn't until I started living in other areas where I started realizing, like, oh, like, I used to think, oh, well, I don't really talk about how I'm queer how I, you know, it's not something like that's very personal for me to share with somebody once I get to know them more. So I felt like by not being so quote unquote out and proud, like I should be fine. But the problem is you start realizing that there are things that you, you can't really control. Like just walking down the street, the fact that I have short hair already makes people question, is that person queer? Yeah. And what am I going to do? Go on and, and put a wig on, start wearing a dress when I leave this area. Like, no, that's not who I am. And those are things that I started realizing that like people started staring at me more and I started noticing it more versus if I walk down the street here, like no one gives two shits most of the time. But it's things like that where that started causing me a lot of anxiety that I'm like, no matter how much I try to just blend in and just be myself and not bother anybody, like, there's even instances even in the Bay Area where I have been um, confronted in the bathroom. And thankfully, it hasn't led to anything, like, as we've seen, like, in, in the media, where someone gets dragged out by the police or something like that but it's still it 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 angers me and it it just amplifies all this other stuff that's happening in like i am just going to focus on like our country alone with what's going on right now um but i do love hearing that the um the team the Jacksonville Icemen that you you cover that They are offering as much of a safe space as they can miss all the stuff that's going on right now. And um, I mean, we're here and rooting for you to, obviously we, we all want a space in this sport because we, we do belong in this sport and I just hope things kind of like get better and I want to hope that they're not as bad as as we've been seeing in the news but
2: it's it's scary it's scary here yeah and I apologize if I'm all over the place in my response I because it's it's so there's so many emotions you know there is there's so much um, anger you know And, and, and anger is is really prevalent like you were saying because like I moved back home after living in the Midwest for five years um, at the beginning, I moved back home in the the pandemic happened, which was like, hey, welcome back to Florida. Um, But then seeing progressively in the time that I've been here, just how, I don't want to say much of a flip flop. I feel like at some point you can't be too naive and to think that maybe the, the hate that's festering to the top wasn't lingering somewhere within the local population, the local community. Um, But the way that it's been endorsed, right? Like even from the governor's office, this hate is being endorsed and it's being done. So through, you know, laws and bills and it's, it's ridiculous. Like I use that, the, the bad hockey game nachos example, but like, that's, that's the, uh, the real reality is like I can be doing my job as a reporter and have to use the bathroom and somebody take exception to that and all of a sudden um, I'm being prosecuted for you know simply having to do like the most basic human function of all right which is go to the restaurant so it's just really crazy like there's a lot of anger there's a lot of hurt you know it's it's hard not to take it obviously it's hard not to take it personally when it impacts you so personally Um, but to see it in Florida especially because I mean like Orlando is, is one of the drag I mean for the while it's like the drag capital, you know, like everything happened there's like some of the biggest like drag tournaments or shows or whatever went that went on down there. Um and then like the pulse shooting, you know, and the way that people forget, you know, when when and that's what I, I try to highlight on with like especially in the state of Florida is that when the Pulse shooting happened, there were lines of people showing up to blood banks to donate blood. You know, there were people that, there was a lot of people in the community, a lot more people in the community that want to make a positive difference after that. Then there are guys that agree with, like, just recently in Jacksonville, we had the Dollar General shooting. And there's a lot more people in Florida that are more reflective, I think, of the events after Pulse. And even the events after the Dollar General shooting, that is more representative of the general attitude here. But the problem is is that the minority is so hateful and and so angry about the wrong things and so caught up in using their, their megaphones. I always say they're the idiots with the loudest megaphones in the smallest echo chamber. Because they're the ones shouting the most and they're making the most noise. And so that does get a lot of, of attention. And it's been scary to see sort of that people almost afraid to show up in the right ways, like what happened at the full shooting, and people feeling more emboldened to carry out acts like what happened at Dollar General here in Jacksonville a couple weeks ago. And because it comes from the top, you know, when when leadership and when you have representatives in the state legislature calling people, calling trans people mutants. Yeah, that came from a a state representative here in Florida. When that kind of stuff comes out, you start categorically, you know, to elderizing people and putting them in these boxes and reducing us down to incentive um, clickbait, you know, headlines that outrage people. Um, The people that have maybe co-opted that mindset or that hate, in private feel very, 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 very audacious about doing it publicly too. And, and that's, that's what makes it scary. I mean, it is, it is very scary here because as much as the, uh, you know, you have great support in the community and the community continues to move forward in ways that show, you know, that's reflective of that we're going to fight back. We're going to stand our ground and stand up for one another. uh, There's a lot of hate that gets enforced and a lot of, uh, a lot of guns <laughs> in the state of florida which is um it's 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 a little bit terrifying you know you have to it to say that i don't show up to the arena and wonder if i'm going to be a victim of some deranged vigilante justice every time i'm there to do my job um that would be a lie you know I, i'm very aware of being very trans in very public spaces especially in spaces where the legislature has already tried to legislate me out of them you know even if it's just by using the bathroom uh, that's why I think it's important for to be to be seen you know and to say like there's still people here I'm I'm trying to move I'm actively getting a game plan ready so that I can move out of the state because of the recent um, they appealed the injunction against state bill 254 which impacts our health care here as trans adults so I have enough to if I need to, I have, you know, um, things arranged, but I don't know what's going to happen to my transition after January. So I'm really trying to, um, as much as I love the state, and I love my city. I think Jacksonville is one of the most diverse places in the country. We have one of the best food scenes on the planet. I mean, everybody eats here, everybody cooks here. It's great. Um, but I, I'm, I'm having to uh, definitely put the plan in action to get God through know, As much as I love my city, personal safety prevails. Yeah,
1: Yeah, for sure. That's a lot.
0: Yeah,
2: I commend
1: you. I I actually visited Florida back in April. I want to say, for my girlfriend had uh, friends that were getting married out in Clearwater, and we took a road trip because I have an irrational fear of flying, so we decided to drive to Florida. Um, and first of all, driving through the South is always an experience because I feel like even as a cis person, I have to mentally prepare for anything that could happen. Traveling with my girlfriend. I mean, like, we don't, we're not the girliest girls you'll see, right? Like I still dress very plain. Like I, I wear soccer, soccer pants and like a hoodie, right? And, like, I still get stares sometimes. I'm just, I'm comfy. Like, So going to Florida, and we were really lucky that nothing happened, right? But it's probably because we're cis, and we could be, like, straight passing to anyone who doesn't know any better. But it was such a, like, mental preparation for me. Like, be aware of your surroundings at all times. Make sure that you know, like we need to have a plan just in case anything goes ha anything happens like it was it's scary to think about because you don't hear about you know the the community still being there and like fighting for things as much as you hear about the hate coming out of that state at least on this side of the country yeah. so it's visiting a state where all you hear about is so much negativity, so much hate. There's so much anger towards our community. It's it's scary to to visit. And like, I didn't want to go, but I was like, well, I have to support, you know, it's a wedding. Yeah. And so we did it, but coming out of it, I was like, I couldn't wait to get out of that state. It was yeah. It was so much anxiety the whole time. It's so much stress. And I can't imagine what it's like living there. So kudos to you. It-
2: Kudos is, to um, anyone
1: who's stuck there.
2: It's And that's the thing. That's the thing is like why I felt like it was really important for me to, you know, say like, hey, I'm a trans guy, whatever. It's a, like to me, it's no big deal. And I, it, to, to be honest, I, maybe it's just pretty like pretty uh, naive black and white thinking, but it shouldn't matter. You know, like like I was saying earlier, when when you show up to some places, like the first thing that we all highlight is your gender. Like, do you introduce somebody? Introduce yourself to somebody, and you're like, you know, hi, I'm so and so, and I'm only a girl on Wednesdays. Like, that's not like you know what I'm saying. Like, that's not what happens in the real world. That's not. We don't make that a thing. It's not. You know, people don't sit down and discuss gender like that. So, like feeling like my whole identity is just boiled down to that one label is, like, wild to me. It's because, like, like we're going to hyperfixate on you hating me because you didn't like what I did for myself. But, okay, that's cool. But, like, I mean, at best, you could – I don't know. if like We're going to hate – I just feel like if we're going to really, like, hate on something, it should be, like, you were really, like, kind of an asshole to the waiter at the restaurant, and I didn't like that. <laughs> probably, you know, like, I feel like we should probably gauge people um, if we're going to talk about, like, and I hate it's a strong word I don't like the word hate but if we're really gonna judge somebody it should be I feel like off of their like characters and morals rather than things they really can't control so if being visible is important to me in that way because um, we're all being boiled down to that one label and and the truth is is there's trans people are and, and part of every fabric of this you know society like uh I, there's a lady at a local Dunkin Donuts that's a trans woman. And I love that. I love that little like knowing of so, like solidarity look that we give each other as she passes me my coffee through the drive-thru window. Like I got you and I got this caramel macchiato and life is good. But, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we need. Like that's, you know, we need people we need that solidarity because not everybody can leave, right? Not everybody has the resources to flee. Um, not everybody even has the welcoming community within their own personal like makeup. And and so I think that the more of us that can be like, hey, there's some of us that are here and we're in the same boat as you and we're we're being at least in my my view, we're being brave enough to say like we got you. Don't worry about it. We're going to fight because we understand that not everybody can leave.
1: Yeah. And even the Cat even, is also I, supportive back there. Oh,
2: yeah, that's Blaze. That's my uh, my oldest. He's a uh, very vocal. He gets upset when I won't just sit down on the recliner with him and chill. So he's like, "Where are you at, Dad?" <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and he's a great athlete as well.
0: <laughs> I wanted to piggyback off of what you were talking about um, because I I was watching this video recently um, where it was kind of like debating between like liberal. Gays and like conservative gays, specifically uh, people who identify as as male, and there were a lot of good points, and then other ones where I was just like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you 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 think that way and you're actively voting that way." But um, it really just reiterates the frustration for me when there's like a divide within the the queer community, and I love what you're talking about where you know there's this understanding that you're like I'm living my best life I see you living your best life and I want that for you and I'm going to fight um that fight for you as well um like I've I've talked a number of times on this podcast where like I understand my privilege in terms of my queerness and where I live in this country. Like there's other parts of me where I don't feel so privileged, but you know, like that part of it, I'm privileged enough to that. It's a very expensive state. um, But I almost feel like I pay this premium for my safety because I, I've lived in other parts of this country where I'm just like, It's exhausting. And I commend people who stick around, whether it's because that's your home or whatever the case may be, because it is exhausting to walk outside your door and have to go through that day in, day out. Like, I lived a certain amount of time in Texas, and my girlfriend at the time, like, I. Like, I never brought it up to her, but it was always in the back of my mind where, like, I was happy that at least in her, in, um, at the time she was working at GameStop and her immediate, like, management, she was able to be out and, like, you know, I was able to come visit her at work and, like, be affectionate and wouldn't be risking the fact that in Texas, you can be fired for being gay. Yeah. But like i don't think i would be able to have that much of a um reassurance to be that way but the fact i guess the fact that she that she's been born and raised in texas i don't know i think you just kind of like you you that's just something that you kind of grow into and you're just gonna have to like work with that versus for me I I grew up in very progressive areas and all of this is a bit of a shocker all of this kind of like makes me like shrivel up a bit and and just look forward to the day where I'm not living here anymore because I don't know how folks can do that and but the fact that there are folks who for whatever circumstance they are it's like that only makes me want to fight harder for those folks to have what I have here and like I wanted to bring up the fact that you're talking about how you're kind of looking into options to leave Florida because of the situation with their wherever they are with like banning access to um, you know gender affirming care especially with like hormones and stuff you know me as a non-binary person at the at this moment I'm not medically transitioning in any form and that's just my own journey but I've heard and I've read stories about folks and their experience with how like they literally need that to save themselves yeah I don't know what that's like but I fear that experience and if I ever came to a point where that was necessary for me I like I understand where you're coming from, where it's like, why can't I have this access to this gender affirming care to this life saving care and the fact that they're taking it away in Florida, I was just like, I don't, I don't understand how people put so much energy into into giving two shits about someone else's medical health care.
2: My cat has so much commentary to add. I apologize if you guys. I know. Here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no worries. He's been coming. I, he's like he's 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 on board though. He's uh, he's I think that's He's a like good, preach! Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's got a lot to say. <laughs> he's, he's very outspoken. <laughs> but you know, and Jay to kind of go off of what you were saying a little bit about the, the like fighting, like fighting, especially for people that are here. I think one of the things that really. Uh, It irritates me is when people see like the kind of stuff that DeSantis will pass, they'll turn around and say, well, Florida gets what Florida got, you know, what they voted for. And it's like, but first of all, he had the maps so gerrymandered that like a fair election was out of question entirely. But not all of us voted for him. Right. Not all of us agree with these politics. And so to say that, like, well, Florida got what they voted for. What about everybody here that didn't? And that, and that can't leave and that can't, you know, at least maybe go immediately. Or what about the people that are here and haven't really come out yet? and they're, And now they're seeing this like co-opted hate from the state. So it's really, it really irritates me to see that sort of dismissiveness. And I see it a lot even within the LGBTQ community at large. It's like, okay, well, that's Florida, you know, and it's like, well, not all of us not all of us are on board for what we're experiencing right and like we can fight and we can hit the streets as much as we want to but and in, in some regards and that's part of the reason why I've really started to look at moving is that when the scales are so tipped and the balance it's such an uphill battle and at some point we can scream and we can fight but until that one piece really changes, which in this point will be, a, you know, an election cycle. Um, we're kind of at like, with like, this is just kind of the battle that we're in the middle of right now, you know. And so to say like, okay, well that's just Florida, that's just what they got, that's just what they voted for. Like, no, like we, there's people here that need help, and and being dismissive of that is being dismissive of a group of people that need that help and that need somebody on the outside to help fight. Because if we can make as much noise as we want to, and even still to the extent of, like, national journalism, it's, well, that's Florida, you know, like, that's just kind of how the story, like, okay, well, DeSantis does this crazy thing, well, that's what we've come to expect of DeSantis, but it's like, okay, and even us here, like, we know he's crazy, but we need help. If you guys see it, and you're outside, and you're not restrictive in the way that we are here in the state, help us fight, you know? Help us, uh, help bring the firepower the same way the Canucks' young stars brought the firepower the other night. Like, bring it to Florida and help us fight because we're not, not all of us have the resources or the means, you know, to be like Deuces. I'm out. You know, I'll go get my caramel macchiato from a Dunkin' Donuts in a blue state. Like, that's not, <laughs> that's my dream, <laughs> but uh, it's not something that's a, an immediate remedy. Is you know, if you don't like it, move. Well, I, I would. I I would be gone yesterday, you know, 3 yesterdays ago if it were that simple, but it's not. And it's important um I think that we that people stop being so dismissive because it's you're writing off groups of people that need your help. And you're essentially saying, well, I'm not going to give it to you because it, you know, you got what you wanted. It's like not all of us wanted this. <laughs> so,
0: let's shift gears a little bit. Um while you're still in Florida, can you tell us a little bit about why you love the Jacksonville Icemen and, and so much that you're covering them?
2: Um, I guess because it's kind of this cool thing. Like, I'm in Jacksonville, and Jacksonville has a hockey team. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> they're the hometown team. I've, I've got the Jags-Chiefs games on. I, I don't know what's happening there. Uh, they're like The Jags are the only football I really pay attention to anymore. I'm sort of nervous to look at the scoreboard. But... Um, yeah, I the Icemen, are, uh, they're Jacksonville's team. They're my hometown team, and um, I'm, I'm, it's a big, big honor to be the one to cover them because I, I've been a hockey fan since I was eight, and we had the Lizard Kings. Jacksonville's had a few different ECHL um, variations, you know, through the years. The Lizard Kings were my first hockey game. The only thing I remember is I was like three and a half, and it was between the Lizard Kings and the Charlotte Checkers at the time. And there was a fight at Center Ice. It was still like the Jacksonville Coliseum. It wasn't even Vice Star Memorial yet. The only thing I remember from that was like an absolute yard sale happening at Center Ice. <laughs> but, but that um, I, I've always been – I, I really like for them, to be honest, I really like for them to rebrand back to the Lizard Kings because, like, we don't have any ice in Florida. <laughs> it's just <laughs> – ice, Iceman sounds – it would be better if it were, like, Tideman or Surfmen or something like that, but Iceman uh, – but yeah, I've uh, I've always been a fan. Uh, hometown, you know, hometown representation. Really, that's what it comes down to. Um, I'm proud to, to see that Jacksonville has a team, and they have a team that's good. You know, um, the last few seasons we've ran into the the Florida Everblades in round two of the Kelly Cup playoffs, and they've uh, they're the thorn in our side all throughout the regular season and now throughout the postseason. But uh, to have a consistently winning team and for, for my own personal benefit, really, to nobody else's, the fact that it's a hockey team. It works out. It, it's really nice to – I love the Jags, but the Jags have had some problems as a football organization. Um, <laughs> the IceMen are at least consistent in making me proud. So <laughs> I, I love it, and it's an honor to uh, to cover the hometown team, really, honestly. You know, it's hockey. It's uh, Like I said, I love the city of Jacksonville. I, we're we're so diverse here. Um, the people are always great. That's that's definitely changed a little bit since the pandemic. People are sometimes people are much more difficult to read at Jacksonville than they used to be for sure. But uh, the community fights for the right things. You know, like we just uh, we just voted in Donna Deegan as our mayor here, which is pretty cool. So Jacksonville came out and and you know showed the state of Florida that change is possible. And that when the community rallies together around the right things, change can happen absolutely in the state. So uh, yeah, big scope of things. Um, they make me proud and they're, they're from Jacksonville and that's enough to do it, truly. If I just wish they would change the name. I just wish they'd go back to being the Lizard Kings. <laughs> Cause that's, I mean, like that's a pretty legit name, Lizard King, you know? The commercials oh, yeah, back in the 90s. Lizards. How many hockey teams have lizards, right?
1: i don't think i I don't i can't think of any (laughs) my point (laughs) every hockey team's got ass and men (laughs) not a hockey team but there's a a college out here in san francisco and their their uh, mascot are gators why i don't know it's not like we have gators out here
0: (laughs) (laughs) need to need to do a swap (laughs)
2: honestly i it, one of the, the best things that anybody's ever told me is i was uh when i first moved to the midwest in like 2015 uh i was working i was a restaurant supervisor and somebody i was working with he was like so you're a big sports person and i was like yeah you know i was like i, I love sports he's like so what kind of sports do you like he's like i'm a i'm a football fan he's like and i like hockey and i said i love hockey he's like really I'm like, yeah he's like but you're from florida i said yeah and he's like you can't even get ice in your drink in Florida, and I was like, "Hey, listen, we, have, <laughs> we have hockey teams, man, and they're pretty ice good scarcity. though." Yeah, you you can have, truthfully, you can have ice in your drink, but only for so long. So enjoy it while you got it. <laughs> That's funny. Whew.
0: Did you want to talk about anything else, Nessa? Because usually I would go on and on, but in pretty much now the Niners are playing. You want to go watch the game? I kind of yeah. do. I that's
1: kinda okay. This is a pretty heavy conversation. Anything else I wanted to talk about could go on for another
2: hour. So, right. I'm sorry to come in and be like, like anger, emotion. No, it's no. Fine. That's yes.
0: about half the time. That's what we come in
2: with. So. <laughs> It's just, it's so, uh, you know, it's, there's a lot to talk about and it's been nice to have a a space that um, promotes, I think, the conversation that, or a conversation. I'm not saying I'm, I'm an Aquarius, so excuse my God complex, but (laughs) to have a conversation that will maybe, you know, help move the needle forward in the right areas. um, I think
1: it's conversations that need to be had.
2: Yes, yeah, because I don't think, I mean, we can get out in the streets and and pick it and, you know, scream and shout all day, but I think truthfully, um, and the way that I've always approached, like, activism in a sense is I think that these one-on-one conversations where we can just inform and educate one another and share perspectives and um, experiences, I think those do a lot more in terms of moving the needle forward than larger actions do sometimes.
0: Yeah, I for mean, sure. that's a whole conversation we could have for a whole hour about how <laughs> important that is. And um, I guess to close it out, you know, I want to reiterate that point that, you know, like we we spent a good deal of time talking about your experience out in Florida as a trans person and just your perspective of how these laws that are being passed are affecting you, affecting the greater scope of the trans community out in that area. And then, you know, like that's not something that any of us can relate with because we're here. Like we could relate to certain avenues of it about how we understand how this affects the community as a whole, from our own perspectives of how it how it affects us. But it's like we're not gonna have the experiences that you that you shared with us today. And so yeah, like we, we had some other things we want to talk about, but you know, it's not that any of any of what was talked about today wasn't um deeply invaluable to to put out into the world and more conversations need to be happening around that.
1: Yeah, and I don't think we've had a guest yet who who actively lives in Florida, so it's it's a good perspective to have on the on the pod.
2: So I'm the OG over the glass Florida man. That's what we're saying. Nice. <laughs> we'll give you, man. We'll give yeah. you
0: a little medal, Florida I mean.
2: man.
1: Oh my God, that could be the title. Florida man joins the pod. Florida <laughs> yes, man, the Florida man.
2: <laughs> uh, like anti-Florida man, be like the anti-hero of Florida. <laughs> I think the state legislature would call me an anti-man, but you know. <laughs> I- I really do. I will have to say this before we sign off. Um, if for people that are in Florida and may hear this or are in a similar Southern state, uh, one of my favorite things to do is just sort of laugh at the absurdity of it all. Like I will be writing an article and sometimes kind of get up, like I'll get up to use the bathroom and I'll be like, use the bathroom in my house. Cause it's legal. And, then, <laughs> and so I, uh, I feel like if you remember, I mean, it's dark humor, you know, gallows humor, but, um, like the other day my, my friend's down visiting and she's in Disney and she's also queer and I said, Listen, I think you being a gay woman at Disney World is like four felonies in the state of Florida. Like I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so uh I you know, if uh humor humor helps me cope, and I I've definitely uh, I've enjoyed getting to share some few uh, a few laughs with you guys today and as we talk about some, some pretty heavy pretty heavy stuff. Yeah. Thanks for the laughs, though. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm glad you guys appreciated Jose the Shark. I mean, that was... We could have been done after good. that. I was like, that's it. That's it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so many tangents we could have just continued to go off on be here for like two hours. <laughs>
2: well, I mean, if you guys are always needing somebody to... Uh, another another mind to join the meeting of the minds, just, uh, you know, I'm around. I'm a, I am ai read, awesome. I, I write, I watch hockey, I drink Dr. Pepper, there's pretty much, like, nothing going on with me, so.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you, Andrew, for coming on today. We really appreciate your time.
2: Thanks, Jay. Thanks, Nessa, for having me on, guys.
0: Thanks for joining us. All right. As always, I am your host, Jay. I'm co-host,
1: Nessa. Thanks again.
0: Goodbye. Bye.